0: Revolutionary.org podcast coming your way. Episode 403. It's a Q&A, guys. We have a fun Q&A coming your way. We're going to talk about all kinds of things. We talk about our favorite bodybuilders. We're going to talk about fast food. And we're going to talk about steroid use. So the first question. Well, first of all, I got to introduce my man here. This I'm Steve Smee, by the way. You guys know who I am. And who are you, buddy? Rickster, right? What's up, buddy?
1: Hey, what's up, Steve? What's up, guys? How's everybody doing out there?
0: Good, good. All right, guys, so the first one we're going to talk about is longest I should ever run trend. So, you know, I'm pretty experienced with trend. Think about a trend that I noticed, the first couple weeks when you're on it, side effects aren't aren't really there. Week three, they're kind of coming on. Week four, they're coming on stronger and stronger. And then by week five, week six, uh, you're like, ah, oh, this stuff, I'm sick of taking this stuff. I just feel lethargic all day. My sleep is kind of being affected. Although I, I, I had no problem sleeping while I was on it myself, but other guys have to have trouble sleeping on it. Most guys do. You get the night sweats. What I, what I kind of felt on trend, which was really annoying, was just it felt like I had a fever all the time. It was kind of annoying because I, I was like thirsty. I, no matter how much I drank, it just felt like it was never enough. So it kind of it just feels like you have a fever and your body just on fire all the time and you feel fatigued you don't even feel like working out but then when you get you go to the gym and then you start throwing the weights around you're like holy shit i'm strong as hell on this stuff so it really motivates you to work out while you're working out but like beforehand it's like you don't feel like going to going work out because you feel very fatigued so You know, on trend, it's one of those things where, you know, the first few weeks on it, you're like, man, my strength's increasing. My body composition is changing so fast. And then once you get to week six, week five, week seven, for sure, you're like, shit, I wanna come off of this stuff. I'm sick of this stuff. It's annoying the shit out of me. So that's been my experience on it. So I always tell new guys to trend, you know, run trend A six weeks, you know, get your feet wet. And then, you can kind of the next time go maybe the seven weeks and next time go to eight weeks. But I want to run longer than eight weeks, guys. Even if you feel decently on it, I would not push the envelope on this stuff because what's going to happen is your heart is going to be strained. Your kidneys are going to be strained. Your liver is going to get strained. You know, everything is going to strain. Your prostate's going to strain. You're, you're starting to lose your head hair. Uh, stuff is really harsh on your body as a whole. You're getting fatigued your sleep might be getting affected. It's just not worth it. Eight weeks on this stuff. It's so damn inflammatory in the body. That's the bottom line. It affects your gut health. It affects a lot of stuff in your body. So I really don't recommend going past eight weeks for that reason. And by, and if you can go past eight weeks, I mean, you're a real trooper on this stuff. Like, cause this stuff is really, really harsh. So I don't see any purpose of running it past eight weeks at all. How about you, Rick? What's your opinion?
1: Now you know there's a guy listening, like Steve. I don't know you're talking about. I've been doing, I've been cruising on trend for the last three years.
0: I feel fine, you know that, right? Dude, if someone <laughs> if someone's, if someone really has been cruising on trend for three years and they feel fine, I would tell them go get blood work done, I feel
1: perfect and I look great.
0: You're not gonna like, you're um, not gonna get like your blood work. Nothing screws <laughs> your blood work up worse than trend, trust me.
1: Uh, I think, look, uh, uh depending on your experience level, like we've been doing the
0: podcast
1: uh, of the different uh, stacks for uh, different experience levels, you can uh, or you should do as little as six weeks to as much as eight to 10 to maybe go as as many as 14, depending on your experience levels. And you won't know if you can do eight weeks and feel fine until you've done four and six a couple of times and see how that went. Then you won't know if you'll be able to do, you know, go past 10, 11, 12 weeks and be all right on it until you've ran it eight weeks, nine weeks and see how how you felt on it. So it's definitely, uh, I definitely wouldn't take it any more than 14 weeks unless you have a coach because you're going on stage and he's telling you to do something different because you guys have figured it out. And we always throw that disclaimer out there because I realize there's a lot of guys that are actual trainers, coaches, and a lot of pros too that listen to our show, you'd be surprised how many pro cards there are out there now. And um, a bunch, and there's a lot of guys that listen to us, but they, the smart ones work with coaches. They don't try to figure it out on their own because you can be, your mind can play tricks with you, your ego, your bias. You're just not looking at the right things at the right times, right? So you want to, Make sure to work with a coach. If you're spending the time, the money, the energy to go into competitions, you're working with a coach. And if he has you on trend for three months, four months, five months, I mean, and that's what you guys have figured it out, and you're never coming off because you're going all the way to the top, baby. Then that's what you guys are working on. But regular guys out there, start off with like trend, trend acetate. Run that shit like four to six weeks, man. If you're a real, real, real new guy. Use trend as a maybe like a little quick start, like a kickstart, trend ace, four to five weeks, six weeks, just see how you feel on it. If you're not feeling good, just just drop it back down. Why not? You know, trying to trend, got to know yourself around trend. I've already figured out, I used to say no trend when I started doing this podcast with Steve. And now I'm like, eh, 100 mgs a week. I feel it in there doing something. You know, I feel it in there doing something, something at 100 milligrams a week. You know, you don't need that much. You know, look, you, a lot of guys can make progress natural, natty, and their body's only making, you know, between five, seven, maybe eight milligrams of testosterone a day, a day. So their body's making, and they can make some, some pretty phenomenal gains natural. A lot of guys can, obviously some supplements. So for a hundred milligrams of trembolone, which is something that it's stronger than your own testosterone, and it's almost more than doubling what your body kind of makes naturally. And I mean, you know, you're going to get something obviously. And if you throw the hundred milligrams of trenin with other compounds, you're doing a longer cycle. It's just a little, little something to amplify the way everything else works. Why not? So that, that's my answer, Steve, just, just to arrange the, if you're a new guy trying to figure this out on your own, that's what you should stick to. Just, just see how it works for you little by little. If you're an experienced guy you got your coach i mean he'll tell you better but but think steve's right uh probably long long term um is not the one you really want to stay on for extended periods of time and long long term i mean tremble is serious tremble is so serious is an environmental contaminant We'll have some, some more on that on another podcast, but this tremble on getting into the environment, getting into uh, bodies of water, changing the way fish reproduce and all kinds of shit. So, I mean, trend is serious, you know, trend is, is serious. It's coming into the water supply, apparently from cattle and stuff. So, and cattle pissing it out. So uh, it's pretty serious. Something uh, we'll discuss later on. on the podcast.
0: So next one is for you, Rick. Because you had a very colorful answer on the forums about this one. Do different testosterone esters aromatize differently? We've had some guys over the years, you know, come on and say that they're convinced that testosterone propanate aromatizes less than a longer ester testosterone. So what are your feelings on this? What's the science say? Um. Well,
1: I think this is a lot of guys that don't understand their own bodies, don't understand what's going on. So what happens is uh, you take test prop and your levels are going to go up and down unless you time it right and you inject it at the right times. You want to inject that shit every day, pretty much. Um, and then you keep some steady levels. If you suffer any side effects, you get off of it. A couple of days is done. But when you're talking or, comp- or when you're t- comparing it to something like sepionate, natate, um, you, might have, you might be building up a good amount and getting to the point where your body will begin to aromatize and give you some issues. But since it builds up over weeks because of the longer half-life, then you're kind of in for a ride, and it, it lasts a little bit longer to get off of that ride if you're having issues with aromatization. So maybe old-school guys kind of seen it that way. Um, I think and I felt in my own experience is that when I keep my testosterone levels steady or or my levels of steroids stereoids aromatized steady, where right? I stick to a schedule, I don't miss doses, I don't, I don't take doses late that I gotta identify or it takes me longer, or maybe not at all, to really identify the need to stack on an anti-e than the times where I've I haven't kept to a good schedule maybe the first time i ran testosterone propinate and i and i injected it every other day instead of every day like i would maybe do now um i might notice a little bit more of a need for for the novadex right away or gain a little bit more water and that's been my experience with it is the the steadier you keep your levels you kind of give your body a chance to stabilize but if you're up and down with it um Levels are rising lower, and you might might experience some more issues. How that responds is different than what the conventional thinking is that the longer esters give you more more estrogen problems. I mean, that to me, that's just someone that doesn't understand the half life of these compounds, and they don't realize that you know, a couple of weeks in, you're still you know, you're still having some of that first shot you took. Couple of weeks ago, twenty days ago, even release still, still, still there. Some of it maybe still releasing. So you, you build up a higher dose that you that you're uh, that when you're comfortable with, and then you think it aromatizes, and and that's when you begin to build up experience, and then you know, okay, two fifty a week I might get away with without an AI. Once I go past two fifty, now I know I gotta throw in a little bit of aromasin or throw in a little bit of Novodex. You know, that's when you start to build your your knowledge. But in my case, I, I know those those ranges already within myself. And I just try to keep a steady level. If I'm, you know, if I'm taking that, like even I'll take, if I'm taking an ad I'll take it like Monday morning and Thursday night. I'll, I'll split the shot into two a week now. Just because if I know if I do that in my own experience is less of a chance that I'll need an anti-estrogen for that in that it's just been my that if I if I if instead of doing one CC on Monday every Monday, if I do half a CC on Monday morning and then another half a CC Thursday night, that I'll I'll be all right. Like that that can work and 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 less of a need for if I do it acetate or if I do a propionate every single day, you know, and then that's him. That, That's, just been my, my, uh, my experience. That's where it came from.
0: All right. I think you summed it up. Good. So let's just move on to the next one. What are Steve and Greg's favorite bodybuilders of all time? So for me, if you, um, guys want to check it out, you want to Google episode one ten of evolutionary radio. I interviewed Frank Zane and, you know, he's an interesting character. Uh, my co-host kind of got upset with the interview. He felt like he was being rude and being uh, maybe pushy, but I didn't feel that way at all. So where are you show? going? I'm not done yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly.
1: It's uh, well, I, I, well. Look, Trevor did dip out on him. Like Trevor, he's like talking to him, and then Trevor's like on the Zoom call, and he, he disappears. That's that's a, that's pretty. That's a funny video. That's a classic.
0: Well, I mean, it's, I don't, I don't, he was just joking around, but Trevor took it personally. So I didn't find, I mean, I, I listened to the podcast several times. I, and when I was doing it, it, it I kind of felt that way when I first did it. And then when I listened to it a couple of times, I, I didn't think it was that bad. So I have to give Frank Zane my favorite, my favorite, <laughs> favorite bodybuilder because uh, just because I interviewed him. So uh, he probably has no fucking clue who I am and, uh, and that's okay. But uh, oh, he, own- oh, oh, I'm
1: sure he remembers the day he was on a podcast, and 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 that and that kid took off to go put his pants on. Or off, <laughs> Maybe it was. Maybe. Well, <laughs> remember Trevor, Trevor was- came back. Remember Trevor came back and said that he was. I don't know. I can't remember. Was he putting his pants off or something?
0: No, no. So- Trevor used to do that all the time on podcast because. He would just get up and go do something during the podcast. And then the, the guest would kind of just make this dumbfounded look. And I had to explain to the guest. I'm like, look, this is an audio podcast. It's not video. So, I mean, don't even worry about it. Like, he could still hear you. Like he, just, you're
1: a speaker in this room. He could hear you.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, but I think um, <laughs> my other favorite bodybuilders, you know, Arnold, you know, I grew up watching, you're my age, Rick. I mean, we grew up watching Arnold movies. Most of them were atrociously bad act acted. I'm sure, you know, when we were younger, we probably thought he was a great actor or something. I, I never did, but um, I'm sure most people thought that he was actually a good actor. You know, he's not a good actor or anything. I mean, he's not as bad as Stallone or anything. I'm not saying he's bad as as bad as Sylvester Stallone, but he's a pretty, you know, uh, below average actor, but we enjoyed you know, Arnold, we, we, you just got to love the physique, man. Just the physique is just incredible. Just it's unbelievable. And then I think for me, Samir Banu, because of his background and where he comes from and stuff. And then Lee Haney, same thing, just because his modesty, his, his humility. I mean, there's nobody, nobody anymore who has that type of mentality that humi- humility mentality look i mean it's isn't it incredible how we're only on uh, alive like some, like me and you rick you know we're we're you know in our early 40s can you believe like like rich piana passed away like yeah f- at what 44 43 like we're just a few years away from that we're a couple years away from that like so i mean life is short man like so, I mean, why, why be an egotistical, narcissistic, attention-grabbing, you know, bodybuilder? Oh, look at me, and always trying to spark controversies. No, just put, just fucking handle your business, donate to charity, give back to the community. That's, that's what it's all about. And Lee Haney, Lee Haney is the poster, you know, poster, he's, he's, the, he's the guy, he's the guy. I mean, he's literally done that. And he doesn't sit there and try to get likes on social media and put out bullshit videos just to get views and, and all this crap that we see in bodybuilding. So it's just um, that, that, that's why those are, those guys are my favorite bodybuilders. And, you know, I like Arnold, I like Arnold, um, you know, for, you know, what he's done. He's been also a humanitarian. He's been pushing, for a lot of things over years, he's been pushing for people to work out, to exercise, he's, he's very much into the environment, he's very much into, you know, um, he's very much into helping others, and being, you know, good. he was a crappy governor, I mean, he'll, he'll be the first one to admit that he was a crappy husband, he'll be the first one to admit that. But when it comes to a lot of stuff he's done in his life, crappy actor, I think he'll admit that as well. He's not, it's not like he's Brad Pitt, you know? He's not like a great actor, but, or, or, or you know, Get Sean, Penn, Sean Penn or Tim Robbins. I mean, those are the actors of, of uh, the generation, you know, for sure. But, you know, he, he's done a lot of good things, like, you know, um, as a guy. And, and one of the things about Arnold that I respect, Rick, is that he's still going. He's still going, even at his age. And that's impressive because a lot of bodybuilders do not make it that old. Am I right? Am I wrong? He's 73 years old. He's still going, man. He's still still rocking. I mean, do any bodybuilders live that long these days? They're dying and they're up and dead in their 40s. They're lucky if they get to 50 or 55. And he's 73, he's still going. I don't have any doubt, like he he's still got like another 10 years ahead of him. I have no doubt. So he's obviously knows nutrition. He knows health. And that that's, that's why he's my favorite bodybuilder. So I'm impressed by that. And Frank Zane is another guy too that knows his health and knows his body because Frank Zane does not look his age. When I did the, the podcast with him, he does not look his age. And, you know, I'm looking up his age right now. Can you believe how old he is, Rick? You know how old Frank Zane is now? Uh,
1: 87, yeah. I believe. 87?
0: No, he's
1: 78. 78. 78. Seventy. Yeah. I flipped the numbers around. Yeah. Yeah, can you
0: believe he's 78? Oh, that's unbelievable. <laughs> like, he does not look 78 at all. So, I mean, that's, that's what it's all about, guys. It's eating good, taking care of your body. Got a lot of respect for that. So, how can you not view those guys as your, your favorite bodybuilders. And, you know, how about you? Let me, let me get you in on this. Who, who are your favorites?
1: So um, you asked specifically bodybuilding because as far as athletes, there's just a long list of no, other no, no, athletes, just by, let's but, but you, you asked bodybuilding. I, I was, I was, you know, just still getting started with that. I was prefacing with that. Um, but you said bodybuilder. Uh, the one guy that I really liked, I was really intrigued with, and then I went out and researched after I saw the film Pumping Iron, was Franco Columbo, you know, the little guy right next to uh, to Arnold. So obviously, Arnold's the fucking man. I like Arnold. Um, Arnold I'm out of the most because everything he built on from where he started, he just kind of. He just kind of got at, at it with hard work, determination. And he, got, he got after it. And his story, his story is really, really good story of him, you know, building, even when his parents were, were telling him that they didn't support him, you know, when his parents thought he was crazy, you know, going, being in, in the military and, and lifting weights on top of doing PT and everything else. I mean, this guy is just amazing, amazing guy. You know, he came came over from another country and became a film star, you with that accent of his. So obviously Arnold. But there's a little guy next to Arnold, you know, Franco Colombo. And I liked him because he's around my height. He's a small guy. Uh, he he's just very talented. And he not only had the the accolades from being for placing well in bodybuilding shows and being the man in bodybuilding, he had a lot of different for for a guy his size he was only about 185 pounds uh for competition weight um and he he just had incredible strength he competed in the first edition of the world's strongest man in 1977 uh he came in i think fourth behind three other guys that were just monsters you know next to him he hurt his knee during that competition and and that that kind of derailed his career a little bit Uh, uh, until then, but he's just one of those really strong athletic guys had a lot of a uh, different, um, a lot of different talents, the way maybe Arnold did himself. He, you know, he's bodybuilding coach for Sylvester Stallone uh, for one of the Rambo movies. He, uh, he was also, uh, uh, he was also in, in pumping iron and, and, um, and some other uh, um other Arnold movies, I can't remember off the top of my head, but he, he made a, he, he was in some movies and he also did some writing too, uh, did some directing. And even down to the day of his death, you know, it seems like he just stayed healthy all the way until he was 78. And then he just had a heart attack while swimming and died. Um, I mean, look, you guys ask me, right? We all say we want to live a long time. But if I'm around 70 something, 80, and, um, heart attack, heart attack catches me and takes me. That's all right. I mean, it's better than agonizing, you know, some people agonize for years. Some people lose their fucking mind. Some people lose control of their body parts. And, um, he didn't do none of that. Stay pretty healthy. Then a single heart attack, heart attack took him.
0: I wonder if he was Ain't that bad, dude. <laughs> But um, I wonder if it was just bad luck, because he was swimming while he had the heart attack. If he had been could have been and could've like been. say at dinner with his family, and the heart attack happened, they could have got the ambulance, been. got him there, saved his life. So it's just maybe bad luck in that situation.
1: You know? Could have been, you know, who knows how his life would have changed after the heart attack, and he wouldn't have been able to go swimming after, or do a lot of things. Who knows what what the real condition for the heart attack is, because. Sometimes you can live a healthy life your whole life, and then there's just something genetic that, you know, sets off around that age. You just have no idea what his life could have, would have been like after that heart attack. Um, Maybe, you know, uh, I didn't know the question coming in today. Maybe I need to refresh my my Franco Colombo history, but I don't think it was that bad, dude. Honestly, just single shot. You you don't agonize. You don't lose. You don't watch yourself wither away, and you, you can't you watch yourself stop training and and having to go with a lot of things you like doing. Just kind of going one shot before you spent years withering away. If you ask me, right? If I could, if I personally could die or a heart attack at seventy eight, or survive my my heart attack at seventy eight, but watch myself kind of wither away and, and, and my life completely change and not be able to train, not be able to get more cardio in, not be able to do a lot, um, for years and years after, I don't know. I, I, maybe I'm speaking like this cause I'm only 40, right? It's a long 38 years to go, but man, I might, the way I feel today at 40, I think I might want to go on top now. I might want to go on top. I might not want to go um, laying laying around and, and not being able to do what I do i think I think is a good number too by the way I don't think it's a bad number at all and i thought and I thought you know that science could keep us alive um replacing organs and all these other things that are going to be possible now for you to grow yourself new organs in a petri dish maybe 20 30 years from now I thought hey man it'd be cool like be part of the first people that live to be beyond 150 or something but you know what man it's kind of exhausting (laughs) i think i think around 70 something most of us will be like fuck it like it's you know it it, it, like does get that's build up and don't talk like that don't talk like that don't talk like that i think i don't
0: talk like that
1: I think uh, I think it's it's meant for us to to move over and let the new generation come along. Imagine if if people uh, if people were a lot of people that passed away that were competitive are still around, or, or 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 if people didn't wither away the way natural, then the newer blood wouldn't have a chance to come up. The newer blood wouldn't have a chance to to survive. So it's it's kind of all right. You know what you're gonna
0: be in your next life?
1: Oh, now I got a next life? I forgot you're from Persia. You a lizard. You're gonna be a lizard. <laughs> Remember, you're gonna be a lizard.
0: You're gonna live in a little like little little thing. And you're gonna have a little light because you like being uh, like you're you like lights and, and you But I was looking at Sardinia. What a beautiful place! Like he was born and died in Sardinia. So, Sardinia, my gosh, if you're it's got mountains, it's got a thousand foot mountain at its peak, and it's at, if you're at, at um, four, four meter altitude, 13 feet, the, the temperature during January, February, during the winter, your high, average high is about 60 degrees. The average low is 50 degrees. Uh, the average low is about 42 degrees. And then during the summer, the average high during the, the summer months is about 87, and the average low is about 66. So it's got that Mediterranean climate Um, There's not much rain during the summer. The winter is, you know, just a little bit of rain, a couple inches. They get a couple inches like over the winter months. It's a Mediterranean climate. That's how it is in the Mediterranean. You get the summer is very dry and the winter is more precipitation, but not much. There's not a lot of precipitation. So very sunny climate, be a beautiful place to live, bro. Like that's why people in Sardinia, they live they live to a hundred, like a lot of them, that's one of the blue zones for a reason. So it has a lot to do with the weather. If you live in the cold climate or hot, super hot climate, miserable climate, that's, that's going to wear down on your body, bro. It's not natural, but like a Mediterranean climate is the best place to live. So I would love to, I would love to retire there. He had the right idea for sure. I don't know if he retired there or what, I don't know much about enough about him, but he must have still had family there or something. That would be a beautiful place to live.
1: Some of those islands they are just some of the most beautiful places on earth. Yeah. You know, the problem is just... the
0: Mediterranean is a fucking toilet bowl. The pollution is so bad; it's become a toilet bowl. That's
1: everywhere. I mean, that's everywhere, man. The pollution is just—it's just unmanageable yeah. now. It's a shame. You and I lived probably the. You and I lived the last generation where we, things were. Things were not that bad yet, where you could still enjoy and see some of nature. And then, we're by the time we, by the time we're seventy-eight, we're gonna see things really fucked up, unless uh, some really new technology comes along that's gonna clean everything up just as quickly as it got polluted. Uh, chances are, we were the last generation to like really f- swim freely in the ocean at some point without just running into trash uh, pile after trash pile. Where, I mean, the oceans—they're yeah. gonna well, get Venice, to that point next. Uh,
0: during, go to the beach. during the pandemic, during the peak of the pandemic was the only time Venice had actually clean, clear water because people were stuck in their home and they couldn't. And now they're face
1: in. masks floating everywhere in the ocean.
0: So, I mean, yeah, it's uh, it's
1: they're fucking face masks floating and, and on the bo- bottoms of just the oceans. That's what we do. That's what the fuck humans do. So now face masks are one of the number one pollutants coming into the ocean now behind, you know, plastic bottles still and all this other stuff.
0: Yeah. And gloves and everything. So yeah, human beings are just Dirty, dirty. Unless some new
1: technology comes along that we can just clean up the oceans by somehow taking the plastic out and leaving the plankton and everything else we need in there and removing all of the different fibers and polyester fibers and ester fibers that from all of our synthetic clothing that gets in the wash, goes through the clothes and gets out in the ocean and tiny animals like plankton are are fucking eating these things and and probably going to just die off um, we don't. We don't even know the impact of it yet. Like, unless you need to, we do uh, it, you need
0: to come up with something, man. Come
1: unless we can it. do all this and clean all and clean all this up, man. I'm telling you, bro. It's it's going to. Uh, well, we might be the last generation and just kind of get into the ocean. To to be real with you.
0: Well, he, someone out there needs to invent it, guys. If you're listening out there, invent it. Come uh, up, come there's up.
1: there's definitely a lot of things that are that are in the pipeline. A lot of good private companies out there developing new technologies to help with all of this um but we'll see you know we'll see how uh we'll see how it goes
0: all right guys so the next one we're gonna talk about yeah because i've been in the mediterranean ocean it's all fucking jellyfish uh swimming around there's like barely any fish left sharks are pretty much gone it's all pollution so it's it's a real shame all right guys so the next one we're talking about why does my blood pressure go up on steroids and what can i do so i'm gonna bring in Rick, to talk about uh, the best supplements for you, but kind of let me go over really quick why blood pressure goes up. Um, there's a few reasons why. Number one, steroids are very androgenic. Number two, steroids can be very estrogenic. So they can aromatize into water. When you're holding a lot of water weight, your blood pressure is going to go up because your blood, your, your heart is having to do more work, obviously. When you gain weight and rapid, rapidly, you gain a lot of weight rapidly, your heart has to do a lot more work, has to pump a lot more blood, your blood pressure is gonna go up, your heart rate's gonna go up. So, you know, these are the prime reasons why our heart goes up. And then the, the third reason is who's inflammation, anabolic. Remember that word, anabolic, okay? Anabolic steroids are inflammatory in the body. Now, certain anabolic steroids are more inflammatory than others. Trembolone, very inflammatory on the body. So that's why when you take Trembolone, your blood pressure goes sky high. It's very toxic in the body. Your cholesterol goes haywire on the stuff. So across the board, your lipid health, your blood pressure, your heart rate, cholesterol, all that stuff goes to hell. The more harsh the steroid. So, and then if you go on a steroid cycle, say testosterone, Dianable, you're retaining a lot of water in your body, obviously your part has to work harder it's like carrying jugs of water all day. It's gonna wear down your body. So that's why blood pressure goes up guys. So this is very serious. So you definitely wanna be using an aromatized inhibitor if needed in the body. You wanna use an AI and you also wanna make sure you're running your support supplements. So Rick, tell us about uh, N2Guard, which is, it's funny, I've, I've had clients come to me and actually say, they're like, man, this stuff is amazing. This stuff works. Because they've run cycles without it and then they run cycles with it and they actually say, wow, it makes such a big difference when I use it. Because it really does help with with your organ health.
1: Yeah, seven capsules a day. You know, uh, we loaded the product up. Seven capsules you take per day. get 30 days out of each bottle. And yeah, I mean, it's just all of the different uh, natural ingredients you would need. Vitamins, minerals to make up any deficiencies. Um, And then you have a bunch. I mean, talk about 44 total ingredients in this formula, and they're all meant to just help your body deal with the stresses of steroid use. You obviously want to have your auxiliaries. You obviously want to not take high doses. You you still want to really just apply good common sense and good health with your cycle. But now you throw into guard on top of it, and you're 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 going to be a lot better off down the down the line, and in the short term, like Steve said, guys that use the product, they can tell right away. They can tell how it works. They can tell what it's doing. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a great, great product. We, um, we've we been now on the market with it for going on 10 years, and it's still a favorite of every uh, steroid user out there. Now, we've made some changes to the product throughout the years. We had to remove red yeast rice and replace it with our bark because. our Basically, the FDA didn't want uh, people selling red juice rising anymore. And so got rid of that. Now uh, we're having to get rid of of NAC. And we're working out now the formula to re- replace that because FDA got rid of that too. Uh, we added tutka once it became widely available and it became a feasible ingredient to add. Although it's, it's pretty expensive and it added to to manufacturing cost of the product. We added the tutka, so you get the tutka in with each bottle. And, and, you know, there are other products on the market that compete against us uh, with the promise of, you know, organ support and liver support and all this stuff. Um, look and see if they got tutka to begin with. And chances are that if they have a pretty uh, extensive formula with a lot of different ingredients, they're not going to put the tutka in there because it raises the price to make it way too much. And chances are that if you find a product with the tutka, it's usually the only tutka or it has tutka and maybe a couple of the little ingredients for mention, because, you know, most brands out there are trying to compete on a certain market price. I don't do that. So I give you the 44 ingredients of which one of them is tutka. And it's pretty aggressively dosed about 250 milligrams per day. When if you're taking it along with all of the other ingredients, that's that's plenty. That's all you'll, you'll need for uh, most of your uh, cycles and, and, you know, things you run into. But For sure, we have other ingredients in there also to help you with uh, maybe lowering some of that blood pressure, and water retention from uh, the steroids. I mean, it's it's, it's a full-out formula to help you with deal with all the stresses of what your body
0: goes through. All right, buddy. So the last one we're going to talk about really quick is fast food. So Rick, tell us about your fast food story on your log that you're talking about, Burger King.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had a long, uh, stressful day. couldn't uh, prepare my own meal that day. So I said, you know what? I'm going to fucking cheat. I'm on a nice uh, road. I'm, I'm getting, uh, my skin is getting a little bit thinner every day. I can see that I'm doing well. So I said, I'm going to swap out what will be my healthy meal today, um, prepping it and all that. And I'm just going to go straight to, to BK and and relive a, a little piece of my youth when I was a young man eating Burger King here and there. You know, when I was a young man, I I, I had to get more calories in me because of wrestling. And, um, when I would make weight, I would mostly dehydrate out just a few pounds before the match, but I didn't keep my weight all that low. A lot of times I found myself really needing those calories because we had pretty demanding workload. And so, um, Burger King and driving a Burger King from, uh, from my high school was like the first taste of freedom. You know, I had my own, my own little bit of money. Um, I had decent jobs even as a kid, golf course and stuff, you know, as a caddy and made make good bread. And uh when I got my first uh my first little car, uh basically Burger King is a good good place that I used to like to go to. So now as a grown-up, I'll grab I'll grab a, a BK number two with bacon and, and cheese. I'll 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 grab the fries and I'll just have a salsa water. I won't indulge in sodas or sugar waters ever in my life. Under any real circumstances, I mean, it'd have to be just a, a very unique circumstance for me to indulge in, in some sugar or water because that's a slippery slope. Once you start, um, once you go back, I should say, once if I went back to maybe needing some kind of sweetness in my or some kind of taste in my beverage, you're kind of fucked again because that's that's the main reason most people out there listening to this have trouble staying in sh- shape. It's because you have that fucking necessity for your liquids to taste like something. And if you can give that up, if you can get rid of that first, you, you're halfway home, baby, because that's most of the problem. So basically, I, I'll go in and grab a number two BK large and I'll just grab it with a salsa water. And it's a twofold thing there. See, the salsa water, several calories, right? So I don't get all the calories you get in that that soda. And then two, it doesn't shoot your insulin up to just stupid glorious levels where like just stupid levels where all of that meal has no other choice, but to get stored as fat. I mean, it's just, it's a ridiculous response, but see now the burger with the fries, uh, although those fries have a lot of starches and you got some, um, some bun in your burger, guess what? Bacon, cheese, all that stuff has fat and it'll slow down how quickly those, that, that bread and, and those fries uh, get absorbed. It'll definitely slow them down. Uh, so it's still a lot of calories, but you slow down. It's different. Now that sugar water ain't nothing slowing that fucking thing down. That sugar water is going straight through. So that's it, man. If you if you guys out there listening, if you are in, in a high caloric demand, uh, um, you know uh, I like to do a, quite a bit of cardio. So I'm always you know I'm always worried about maybe uh, not taking enough calories and begin to lose muscle mass. So when I have a, a, a spot and a chance where I, I can throw in a, a little cheat meal like this, I do. But the key is, is the salsa water guys. You, you know, that's, that's the fucking key. You can, you can do a lot of different things, but you got to make sure to, you got to make sure to d- d- don't indulge in the sugars. Don't indulge in the sugar waters and you'll be, you'll be fine most of the time.
0: The problem with Burger King, with a burger from Burger King, um, from what I've been reading about it, Rick, we'll be, you know, preparing for this, the beef itself is supposedly 100% beef, so I'm not sure. It's probably very low-quality beef, but so, I mean, in that case, but the problem is they cook that beef in refined oil, okay? They, basically, it's fried in refined refined oil, okay? It's, and then the big issue is the bread. Because the bread, the first ingredient in their bread is sugar. The second ingredient is enriched flour, which is refined flour. It's got partially hydrogenated soybean oil, high fructose corn syrup. It's got all this really, really bad shit, artificial flavors. So the bread is the killer. And, and the, the, what they cook the burger in is the killer. So what I recommend in that situation is make your own burger at home. And what I do is I'll go, I'll buy my own beef, good quality pasture raised beef. I'll, what I usually do is I'll get like um, a half a pound, which would make two quarter pound burgers. And I can have one burger today and one burger tomorrow. So it's really easy. Throw that, put some uh, unrefined coconut oil on it, salt, pepper. That's really all you need. Throw it on your grill, grill it, medium, you know, medium, the medium, well, whatever, however you like it. And then I'll get a bun that is all natural. It's an all natural It uh, comes frozen. So you have to defrost it, but there's uh, a couple brands. If you guys go to a health food store and look that are gluten-free, they're basically, they don't contain any refined flours. They're completely all natural. They have maybe four or five ingredients in them and it's all natural ingredients. So that's what I'll use if I want a bun or I'll use just a lettuce wrap. And then you know that's that's how I cook the burger and it tastes delicious. I've I've actually had people, you know, come to my house for barbecue, whatever, and they've had this burger and they just were in disbelief at how delicious it was. And, and just I just want to I
1: just want to add in, yeah. you're absolutely right. Um, but yeah, you know, I started the story saying I basically could have a meal prep because that day is, uh, man, I throw some pictures up of the food that I cook. Yeah, yeah I know, days. I know. I actually it's had a excuses. nice, nice, oh. nice steak, avocados, a hummus on a bed of lettuce. I mean, I had it all kind of there. And then I'm like, you know, uh, it's going to take me a little bit of time to cook that steak to, to kind of prep everything out. I don't have the time. I got another thing I got to run to. So I said, you know what, I'm going to grab this quick, uh, this quick BK, scarf it down and then go on my day. Because I, you know, I don't get hungry anymore. Um, But when I do feel a little something, I know that I have to give my body calories. Like, I don't care what's going on, if I'm cutting, whatever. There's just a feeling that I get. It's a weird kind of uh, feeling deep in my chest, and when I get that, I don't give a fuck. I don't care what's going on. I eat, and it comes. It doesn't come very often. Um, right, I'll right, get it. Right, right. Yeah, I'll get it more but when what? I'm di- when I'm dieting down. Like, it, but if it listen, man, if, if I'm eating at four, four, four to nine every day. And then on a, on a random day at noon, I get that feeling, and I know what the fuck that feeling is. I know I got to put some calories in me right away and not fuck around. You know what I mean? And, and that's kind of one of those situations. Like, don't time, don't have time to meal prep. You really kind of have to do it at the spot of the moment, and you just got to go. And, and by the way, I got a suggestion after after you finish, uh, Steve, for a, for a healthy snack if you if you really can't make after it, I finish you
0: bashing work. your decision. But here's a here's go the ahead. problem: ahead, the, ahead, gut, the gut, the gut. Because those refined oils are going in your gut, they're starting to stick to things. That bread that you're eating, it's got so many ingredients. And, 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 it and that and not stresses only that your is body. Addictive. I mean, the stress, the stress, Yeah, but the stress on your body. There's an addictive aspect to
1: that taste. There's something yeah. addictive about that taste. If you, I talked that, about
0: that before. Um, yeah. What happens is. See, that food does not taste good to me, buddy. I mean, it doesn't taste good because I'm not used oh, to I it.
1: Oh, I developed a taste for yes. it, obviously. So
0: if you stop eating it for a period of time, I don't know how long it would take. It could take two weeks. It could take two years. I don't know. But you will find out over time that, that even the smell of that food is disgusting. So my, my point is, those of you out there who find fast food appealing or delicious, it's not the food that's actually delicious. Your body oh, you hates that food. The taste of, of, yeah, it's time. it's basically they're smart. They know what to put in that food to make you feel satiated and, and make you feel good. So, But the and, stress and, that you and, put your and, body on is not worth it, bro. It's not worth it. And guys, so check, check. Story, check
1: yeah. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I, I, Steve is absolutely right. And guys, look, guys, a um, little bit of a different situation with me. Some of you guys out there might be listening. All you do is bodybuilding. You know, all you do is bodybuilding and, and lift weights to look good. I don't. I fucking mountain bike. I go to dojo, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, Muay Thai, boxing, you know, pads, whatever. I do it. So I burn a lot of calories. So I, I do find myself a lot of times just needing a lot of calories to go on with, with my day. Not only do I burn a lot of calories, the activities that I do, just some of it costs damage that needs calories, protein, everything to repair. So... A lot of times I feel like, all right, if I don't, if all I'm having is, is you know, if all I can get is a protein shake in today, then my body's going to use that whey protein as energy is never going to make it uh, to repair tissues that I need. So if all I can have, sounds funny, big whey protein shake, two scoops in a shaker, boom, 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 and then knock back some fucking Burger King with it and go getting a bunch of calories in that my body's going to be able to use that day. For, for running Because yeah Burger King food Doesn't have all that nutrition That we really want man But does it have calories And can you run on them Fuck yeah And then The good protein That you do take in Throughout the day If you only If I was only able to get in, you know A little bag of beef jerky Maybe a pack of peanuts And, and, a, and a And a Whey protein um, Then you, you You've covered Some of your base uh, Caloric requirements With With that BK And then the other thing Can go to a good place Now look I'm not saying if it fits your macros here, right? This is like once in a blue moon I'll have BK. Like, oh man, it's got to be a real, real, real unique situation. And when I do have it, I enjoy the fuck out of it. But I think I would definitely it would lose its fun if I indulged in it more than maybe once a month or once a month when I'm in the country because a lot of times I'll be out of the country for for you know many many weeks and I won't even around a BK but yeah the, the BK takes me back to um, high school days man first taste of freedom first first kind of I guess you could call it restaurant that I started to go to on my own without my parents consistently with girls with buddies and um back then you know being an athlete burning a ton of calories every day being a t- teenager growing and burning calories um, wasn't a huge concern that the food wasn't all that all that nutritious, right? We still got home homemade meals at home to to balance off. And it was just a good source of cows.
0: Yeah, I understand, buddy. But here's the thing: the burger that I mentioned has a, has the same amount of calories, if not more calories. It's not about the calories, it's about the stress. Oh, of on course, a good
1: a good homemade beef burger, man. Yeah. I make incredible burgers. I'm an incredible cook. I've said that on the podcast. I get so, it. So I
0: mean, everyone listening, if you're struggling to lose weight, that is the number one thing you need to do. Avoid fast food, avoid restaurant food. Make food at home with real whole food quality ingredients, guys. It makes a huge difference because these refined oils, these sugars. See, I bet you didn't know that you consume sugar with that burger, but the bread, the number one ingredient in that bread is sugar. So I mean that's that, that that's bread is turning that,
1: it, that bread is turning to sugar in your mouth before you before you've even swallowed the enzymes in your saliva already breaking that bread down into sugar. It, it's it's already sweet in your mouth, obviously. Yeah.
0: All right, guys. But you
1: would would agree that that eating Burger King on on its own, not that great. But if you throw the soda next to it, now you made it 10 times as bad. Uh, I mean 10 times 10 10x the impact, in my opinion. You get well the French fries are really
0: bad. The French fries are really bad. You're
1: already already bad off with that. You're bad off with the bread. I mean, you're already on a wrong spot, but you throw the you throw that sugar water on there. You're, you're 10x is bad, not only the short-term, long-term, and also you're craving for it next time. Every time you have sugar water, you crave for it more next time. The more you avoid sugar waters, the easier it is to not have it next time. And you make the whole situation worse. You go from just having a, a cheat meal that would be acceptable for somebody who's into fitness to then just really falling off the fucking wagon like, like you're really fucked up. You know what I mean? That's um, just my feeling on it. What do you think, Steve?
0: Yeah, I mean at the end of the day, you know, I look, if you're trying to lose weight, if you're if you're a lean guy like you, Rick, you can get away from Burger King, you can get away with Burger King once every couple of weeks. absolutely. But if you're an overweight person, you're trying to lose weight, or you're like 15% body fat, you're trying to get under 10% body fat, you've never been that lean. You absolutely need to avoid fast food and restaurant food entirely because you're never gonna reach your fitness goals if you keep spinning your wheels. So you can't set yourself out just the stress on your body. Of of that of that one meal, you say, oh, it's just a burger, it's just a burger. Just that stress that you're putting on your body, that burger, the way they prep it in refined oil is a killer. Even if you don't eat the bread, just the refined oil that they're cooking that that burger on. Basically, they're frying it on the cheapest fucking vegetable oil, canola oil, whatever that they can possibly find. Um, no restaurant uses unrefined cold pressed coconut water, unless. I don't know, maybe you're in some hippie part of California and there's some restaurant over there that does it, but then they're going to charge you like five times as much for the same burger. So obviously they wouldn't be able to stay in business. So no restaurant, like Chipotle, they use sunflower oil, refined sunflower oil, but they brand themselves as healthy. So, you know, just don't fall for it for it, guys. It's just, you've got to. All the stuff you can make at home with good quality ingredients. That's that's basically my point. But it's a good lesson, you know. It's a good lesson for sure. All right, guys. So we will talk. Just to just you an, just
1: up- as FYI, I um on my Facebook, I have uh, one of my. I did a cheat meal. It's a Cheetos burger that I did just for Facebook. It's a great, great post. So go to rekvrock Go check out my FB, and in there you'll find the the Cheetos burger that I make. It's it's good. Beef, 100% beef, pretty lean, good cuts. It's, it's it's a good burger. We just, you know, just crush some Cheetos, make a dust, dust the whole bread with Cheetos, throw some in, in the middle. It's a good cheat meal. Um, and so still probably health, healthier than that BK I had. So uh, check that out on my Facebook when you have a chance.
0: All right, guys, so this was episode number 403. We're speeding right along with another Q&A this week. Have a good one.
1: Have a good one, Steve. Have a good one, guys.
0: Guys, this is the required legal disclaimer. We are only sharing our experience from years of steroid use. We are not doctors, and none of what we say should be regarded as medical advice,